0: Welcome to the self-love breakfast club, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose. And today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hello, friend. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time it is over there in your world, thank you for popping in today and listening to this episode. I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate every single one of you who listens to this podcast. If you listen to it regularly, if you share, we hit 25,000 downloads last week. I've been doing this for a year, and I'm sure there are plenty of people who have done more in less time, but I don't care because I'm just so proud. I am so proud of this podcast. I'm so proud of starting as the Rebel Babe Cave and rebranding to the Self-Love Breakfast Club. It feels so good to show up here for you guys. It feels so good to speak to you and to share myself with you, whether you listen to Self Love Sunday or you listen to the guests on my podcast or you listen to the solo episodes, whatever your cup of tea is when it comes to this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And I really would just love to ask you, please share with your friends. You know, if you post on Instagram and your stories and you share screenshots, or you just send it to a friend, hey, listen, I think you'd really love this episode, or I think you'd really love this podcast, or I think you'd really love this self-love Sunday series. Whatever speaks to you, if you feel called to share, please, please do. I am so grateful to be doing this, and I did not think I would love podcasting as much as I do, but getting to show up here and just like talk to you guys is honestly the best. I love it so freaking much. So I'm going to keep doing me. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep sharing with you. And I hope that you will continue on this journey with me and bring your friends. So some housekeeping stuff. I did open enrollment again for my busy body program. If you have been around a little bit, you know that I've been coaching nutrition for a few years now and I developed a program that makes it possible for you to reach your goals, whatever they may be without restrictions, with complete flexibility, but also without weighing or measuring your food. So Busy Body is open right now for enrollment. So if that sounds like something you would love, if you are tired of counting macros, if you are struggling with your food or to figure out what the best program is for you, the best diet is for you, hours, has so much flexibility and we don't shame you for going off plan. And we really try to help you just live a balanced life where you're not thinking about food all of the time. So if that feels good to you, go ahead and go to crystalrose.com slash nutrition. Check it out. I also have a couple of amazing coaches who do the macro counting coaching. And if that's something that you've been looking for and you're looking for support in that area, we have you covered. And I am really excited that I'm launching a Self Love for Life program, and that's going to start next year, and I'm going to start filling those spots in the next couple weeks, so you will hear me talking a lot about that. I will be hosting another free workshop. If you attended my last one, oh my gosh, so much fun. It was so good. It was so incredible. There were so many women that showed up. There were tears, (laughs) and it was just, it was really amazing to do that. I did not think I was going to like hosting a workshop, but then I realized it's just a lot like this, except I get to talk to people in the moment. So it was such a wonderful workshop. I'm going to do it again, give a little glimpse of what I'm teaching and what I'm coaching in that space. And I will have details for you that hopefully soon. So just stay tuned on that. So in that respect, in that world, I have other women who are becoming coaches like myself and everyone has like their own area. You know, there are some women who are really called to help with the emotional eating, disordered eating. If you have an eating disorder, you've been struggling with one or you're recovering from one. There are women, you know, dealing with the emotional eating, binge eating. There are women who just... Are helping other women through the stuckness of life. And like myself, I'm helping guide women into self love and healing and getting out of your own way if something is missing. So, all of these women, it's so cool because we had to pitch podcasts as part of our certification program, you know? and i went out and i pitched a bunch of podcasts but i extended the invite to let these women pitch me i was like hey um <laughs> you know we're all going through a lot of the same things but we're in all different places and we are we care about different things we're passionate about different things we have different stories so i would be absolutely honored to have you girls on my podcast so the last two episodes were women in my cohort and they were incredible i just i I'm so blown away by them, and I am continue to be blown away by them, and next week's guest and this week's guest are also some of my sister coaches, so I'm really proud and so honored to share them with you. I'm just, I'm so pumped about it. So today, we have Amanda Owenby, and Amanda is a survivor of anorexia, bulimia, and orthorexia. And she now helps women heal their own emotions around food and body and break free from yo-yo dieting. She is soon to be certified in both coaching as well as breathwork facilitation. She lives in Austin, Texas with her husband and puppy and can be found on Instagram at Amanda Owensby and her podcast, Hungry Heart. So if you guys haven't noticed, I am basically just having a sister coach extravaganza on the show, and I love it so much. These are such incredible women, these souls, I just, oh, so good. So today, I have another one for you. Her name is Amanda, and Amanda, welcome to the Self-Love Breakfast Club.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here.
0: I am so glad you're here. So we like to start things out with... GGB, which is goals, gratitude, and badassery. So I won't. I won't make you remember all of that off off the top. <laughs> so okay. we'll just start with goals. <laughs> okay. What are your goals right oh, now? Oh man,
1: my goals right now. First and foremost, to to serve at my highest potential, to show up for my clients, to kind of just walk in my truth. I guess come back to like who I originally was whenever. I was just a wee little girl, you know, I think that my goals right now are just like playing more, you know, kind of tapping into the fun side of things and getting dirty. And I like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. So what about gratitude?
1: Let's see. Gratitude. I am so thankful for the beautiful weather. First and foremost, I live in Austin, Texas, and it is gorgeous here right now and i'm so grateful for my relationships i am married we've been married for almost 7 years and he's amazing and we have a little pup and she's a handful and thinks <laughs> thinks that she's a human and i'm grateful for her cuz she's she's amazing grateful for this program that you and i are in you know that we're able to serve others and in such a beautiful way and yeah, so much to be grateful for. I could go on and on about that. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what about badassery? So basically something you've done recently that's pretty badass or that you're just like really proud of. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I really, you know, I really pride myself on showing up every single day. I think that kind of owning owning my inner badass, I guess, just like being unapologetic about who I am. Mm. And so I feel like I kind of tap into that more often here lately, but I'm going to leave it at that, you know, just kind of like showing up as my own badass every day, unique yeah. and and quirky and weird and all the things, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: I like that though. I love the word unapologetic. I think, I don't know if it's the older I get or the more work I do on myself, the more unapologetic I get. And I think it almost has like this, like F you kind of connotation, but it, it doesn't, it's just kind of like, "Mm, this is me. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's all about like not, not being attached to anything. It's yeah. just like, this is, this is who I am. And if I'm not for you, then that's, that's beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's been really, it's been really cool. I just, I lately just been not doing stuff I don't want to do. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. And I don't. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: why are we, it. why are we forcing <laughs> ourselves to do shit that we don't want to do? Yeah. Like, life is short. Life is a playground. Come on.
0: I love it. So <laughs> let's, like, we're just going to, dig right on into the meat here. Okay, good. So you have had three eating disorders. Yes. Yes. That is, I have had friends when I was a teenager that had eating disorders. I went to a therapeutic boarding school. So there were mm. pretty much everyone's issues were like right out on the table. So I have experience with knowing about it um, secondhand. So and and to sort so to of have three, I just see that as, oh, like I read that and my heart just like, oh, like just felt it like it dropped, you know? Mm-hmm. So can you just tell me a little bit about, you know, did it all happen at once? Was it kind of like a waterfall effect and you just got in super deep? Like, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I think that for me, I... You know, you don't just wake up one day and mm. you're bulimic or anorexic or anything. Right. It's it's like a kind of a crescendo effect to a big, big problem, you know. And whenever I think about, I'm 31 years old. And whenever I think about my life on this planet, I can't remember a time where I didn't struggle with food and body, like growing mm-hmm. up and stuff. I remember being like five or six years old and asking my mom, in the car, like seeing my thighs squish against the the seats, which if you have legs, that's what happens. <laughs> Can't help it. I have limbs. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember asking her, like, "Are my legs fat?" And she was like, "What? No." And I was only like five or six. I was in kindergarten. Oh wow! And I'm also the youngest of three girls, and so there was like a lot of estrogen, a lot of mm. emotions, not. You know what I mean? Um, Just a lot of body image stuff that was escalated. And my oldest sister is 10 years older than me. And so, you know, there's a lot of room there where, you know, whenever I was five, she was 15 and having those problems and stuff. And so just hearing the people around me talk about their bodies and, you know, not liking this and picking themselves apart and and things like that. And that was in the nineties, you know, Mm. body positivity and fuck diet culture and stuff like that wasn't really a thing. No,
0: (laughs) it was like It was like, (laughs) be the the thinnest piece of paper you possibly can be, like heroin chic era. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And so that was kind of, that kind of set the stage for me. And it wasn't until like, I was, I was real athletic growing up, played tennis, ran track, all the things. With that, I was also very, very bullied, like K through 12, like could not catch a break. And also grew up in the tiniest town known to mankind. Like if any of your listeners think that they grew up in a tiny town, I promise you (laughs) mine is smaller. (laughs) It was ridiculous. And so there wasn't a lot of people to choose from. So I grew up real lonely and Mm. loved my family and everything. They're, They're wonderful, but just lonely as a kid and... Had depression, and it wasn't until I got into like middle school and stuff that I started kind of dieting here and there, even though I did not need to. Yeah, middle Um, school. It's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I had braces on my teeth, you know, (laughs) and would go on like diets with my mom and stuff like that. And I was over exercising already. And then in high school, I was already starting to have bulimic behaviors and exercising like five, six hours a day, and just thinking that's what was normal, you know, just working out like a crazy person and hating your body. I just thought that that was normal. Mm.
0: And
1: uh, I remember like doing Weight Watchers and just like all the things, just like the, the up and down crap that we hear all the time, you know, and was flirting a lot with anorexia, would lose weight, gain weight. And I was never in a larger body, but I felt that pressure to good God, Amanda, never be fat. Like you can never, ever, ever, that would be the worst thing on earth that you could ever be.
0: And it wasn't so much I got, pressure.
1: Yes. So much pressure for a little girl. Yeah. Oof. So it's so sad. And I carried all that into, into college and It just kind of escalated from there. I went on like a green bean diet, which I don't know if I made that up or what. I'm pretty sure I made that up (laughs) where you just eat a bunch of
0: green beans and just – Whatever
1: <laughs> like isn't it weird what we come up with?
0: <laughs> it's like it's funny. like we sit here and like we laugh on this show about like stuff like that. I mean, it's very serious and it like is. sad and like really scary, but it's also kind of like to look back and be like, what the f- green beans yeah. like what a green choice. beans? <laughs>
1: yes, that was my food of choice for a month at a time was green beans. yeah, and so I did that for a while and so up and down with everything. and carried it all into grad school. I was losing weight and became orthorexic at one point. And then I met my now husband there. We got married and I started my corporate job with my master's degree and everything. And I was like this, I have arrived now. Like this is my thing. And it turns out I fucking hated my job. I was miserable. <laughs> it was corporate. And I was just like coming home, staring at a blank wall for four hours. And, my husband was like, "You just need to quit." and I was like i can't this is this is who I am." Mm. and finally, I didn't have a choice. It was like taking over everything and finally quit my job and then that's whenever all three eating disorders just kind of like resurfaced big time, and up to that point, I could kind of like quote unquote hide mm. <laughs> my my eating disorders and my struggles because i didn't look, you know, super sick or anything. It was just like, Oh, that's a healthy looking fit. And I got so many compliments. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, the story, just like you get praise, you start getting that for love. And before you know it, you're out of control. Yeah. Things just escalated so, so quickly. I, anorexia was my, my thing, my poison for, for about four or five years. And I didn't just wake up one day being anorexic. It it escalated at first. It was just like, I'm going to work out for two hours a day and eat, you know, 900 calories. And then by the end of it, I was running 26 miles a day and eating 53 calories a day. And it was just, you
0: were running a marathon a day, every single
1: day. Oh my God. Oh my
0: God.
1: I, my shins my shins were numb. <sighs> like I I just, I was so, so, so ill. Wow. And my my physical body was just shutting down. My organs were failing. I do not have any hair left. Um, and you were married during this time. I was married. So like mm-hmm. hiding it from your husband. I was hiding it. And also like I was, my hormones were all kinds of fucked up. Oh, I'm sure. Obviously. My body just was deteriorating, and um, I didn't have any any reserve <laughs> anymore. Mm. I got very dangerously low, and I was sweating through my clothes. You know, at night, whenever I would sleep for three hours, I would go to bed at four a.m. and then wake up at like seven or eight a.m. to get in my twenty six miles. You know, yeah, gotta get those steps done. You know, <laughs> you
0: gotta get those steps. <laughs> So many steps.
1: <laughs> so many steps. I laugh about it because I'm I've done so much work around it and I'm yeah. I'm recovered now. But at the time it was paralyzing. I I was so heavily depressed. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I felt like a complete freak. Like I couldn't hide it anymore. It was written all over my body. I was wearing like size seven little girls' pants. Like it was just Something was definitely going on with me. And I could not go anywhere without like getting fingers pointed at me and the the double look, you uh-huh. know, the like oh look at her. And
0: yeah. First of all, I'm I'm just I'm feeling the anxiety of all of that. Cause mm-hmm. I just know when I was in my own very special type of bullshit in my in my twenties, I was just gripped all the time with just like this anxiety and I just, I feel that like I, when you talk about it, I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. keeping that up and like the misery you must have felt to, and just kept key to keep going is yeah a lot. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was, it was very lonely. I, I shut out everyone because I could not go anywhere. I couldn't go around my family. You know, it was mm-hmm. so scary for them. And I told Harrison, my husband, like I'm sweating through the sheets at night, like I would wear real baggy clothing and you know yeah. you can't really hide it. Right. <laughs> but to this day I am I am so glad that he didn't try to micromanage me and you know you have to be ready for recovery. Yeah. And, and you can't just throw somebody into a clinic <laughs> and be like, you're gonna do shit.
0: You're gonna do <laughs> well, you can. Can. <laughs> you can. You it's can. It's ground upon. <laughs> yeah. And that's, but that's why, you know, when people are, you know, forced into rehab or forced into recovery, I mean, it doesn't stick. It, right. You can't make it stick for someone else, no matter how much you want mm-hmm. them or love them or want them to be better. Mm-hmm. So what did it take? Like, how did it come out? How did it, did someone confront you or did you, you know, just kind of come out with it or say, I need help? Like, how did how did that go down?
1: What essentially ended up happening was I felt so trapped by everything for so many years that I didn't see a way out. Like, I, I racked my brain. And I should also say, speaking of my brain, I was so malnourished that my brain wasn't working anymore. Mm. And so I couldn't make rational decisions to save my life because of that and because I couldn't see a way out. I did not know. I did not know, Crystal, how to take even the first step to get my way, like start crawling my way out of the pit. Like Mm. I didn't see, I didn't see what to do. And so I was actually very suicidal. The day that I had planned to take my own life was the day that I actually started recovery, ironically enough, which Mm. I know sounds like a very dramatic story. (laughs) But it was it was very higher power it was definitely looking out for me. Cause I had all these plans, like I I can't do this anymore. And Harrison deserves to be married to married to somebody that can provide him with love. And I can't yes. I, I just saw myself as like completely worthless and helpless. And so really what happened is I started recovery on April 16th, 2018. And I I woke up that day with like my own plan, you know, mm-hmm. I just had this very, like, it sounds cliche, but like, kind of like this awakening, this moment where something just shifted. And I did not have the strength to even walk down my stairs. I had to crawl down my stairs. And I found out later that like, I had one or two days to live <laughs> that time. Yeah. And I remember this moment of I I got into the kitchen and I got up on my standing up and I looked to the right and I saw my gym bag, you know, full of all my stuff. And I had to go to the gym. So I did every day. And then to the left, I saw our um, open cabinet with all of our, our pantry and peanut butter and cereal and spaghetti. And like over here to the right, I saw like my gym bag, which was like death Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially. And to the left, I saw life and food. And it just hit me that I was so fucking hungry. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I called my husband and I was like, I need you to come home. I need you to come home from work because I am so hungry. And he was like, oh, okay. Like he, he had been praying for that you know, for years and he walked through the door and I was already a jar of peanut butter in and I was like, I, I was so, so hungry. And so from then on, I just, my body took over. I, it's like, I hear all the time, like, oh, you were so brave. You were so brave. It's, it wasn't really, (laughs) I didn't have a choice. (laughs) Mm. It's like I started eating and my body just took over And I never binged, I was refeeding, you know, refeeding, refeeding my body and getting my body to a stable place where my organs were working again. And so, yeah, refeeding happened over a, a period of like, well, for a really long time, probably six to eight months. And that's probably how, how long it took me. But those first few months I was waking up in the night, like two or three times having to eat more. And my body was just like, Hello. (laughs) <laughs> hello. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And I started recovery and then nearly That's... three years later, here I am. I don't know. It's a, it's a blur.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that though. Cause it's like, there must've just been this like snap moment of like reconnection, you know, like you're living mm-hmm. up, up here in your brain and, and, and detached from your body for so long. And then suddenly like snap, like, I'm hungry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am so hungry and I can't do this anymore. Mm. Like I can't, my body cannot do this anymore and my mind can't either. I I can't keep up with it. Can you, like, I know you can relate to this, the math that goes into (sighs) an eating disorder or a diet or whatever, the math. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do, I do. Like I hated math growing up. Dang. I was I, I hated math. I still hate math. That's the worst. You know what? I was an amazing mathematician whenever it came to my eating disorder. Yeah. I could do mental math in
0: my head, just like just wrap yeah. some numbers. It's, it's awesome wild amazing. because before um my fitness pal exi- before apps existed, you know, and my fitness pal and all of that, I would go on the computer and like look up the calories of different different foods. And then I would like write it all down in this little, this little notebook. And I mean, I thought it was totally normal to eat, you know, under 900 calories in a day. I was like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, I want to be under a thousand. So this is, and I had nothing, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about nutrients. I knew all I knew was that if you eat the things you like, you'll get fat. Yep. And that was like, you know, that, that was terrifying because, in society and life, in other, you know, just like the words of different people throughout time, you know, fat is equated with bad and wrong, and yeah. and you know, and not even just unhealthy. It was just no, nope, no one will love you. So yeah. and like less of it being about fat. It was more about being skinny. It was like if you were skinny, you will be loved. If you were tiny you know, people will notice you, you will be the prettiest, you know, men will want you. And that's all that really matters anyway. So.
1: Yep. Yeah. That was so my life for so many years. I had Mm. no idea who I was anymore.
0: So deep, like getting in that deep and then, yeah, it's like, how do you, how do you start to climb out of it if you really, really want to? And it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful that you just had something else driving you.
1: Mm, yeah, it was the best decision I ever made was starting recovery.
0: Yeah,
1: it was not easy at all. Um, I think there's this. I think there's a stigma around eating disorder recovery where it's like, oh, you just get to eat as many donuts as you want and just lay around. No, man, <laughs> my body, my body does not know what a donut is like or anything. Yeah. It doesn't know what food is at all. It was it was really really hard to get my my body on track and then to also. Like, it was like I got my body on track. And then after that, here's all these emotions that I haven't been dealing with for Uh, my entire life. And that's where the real work
0: happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's so many layers to it too, I think, you know, because it's not just, it's not just like the physical act of the disorder, like whether you're binging and purging, or if you're restricting food, or if you're, you know, consistently working out, like it's the layer of the shame on top of like what you're doing, because you know you, you know if you, you know, if you're deep in disorder that it's not healthy and so there's shame and what if people knew and then so then there's that added layer of fear if anyone were to find out because one, they might judge you, but two, you might have to stop your shit and you're not ready to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's my addiction. Yeah. It's so it's and it's so wild with food as an addiction because you need food to live. So you can't, you know, you can't just like, oh I have a heroin addiction, we'll just do a little bit, you know, and like right. it's not you either are doing drugs or you're not doing drugs. It's not like vital to live to do drugs or to drink alcohol, but we need to eat in order to fuel our bodies and sustain life. And so mm-hmm. having a food addiction or disorder is It's like such a, such a beast, a different, it's just a different animal.
1: It is. And it's, it's so scary because the whole way you're just like, I know this isn't healthy. I know this isn't not necessarily healthy. It was, for me, it was mostly like something's wrong and I don't know what it is And even in my mind, Crystal, whenever I was eating 53 calories, I was Mm. like, well, I'm not anorexic because I'm eating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like I'm still eating foods, 53 calories.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because you hear all the time that like anorexics just don't eat. Mm -hmm. And there's just all this misinformation out there about what qualifies as an eating disorder. And really what I want to say is like an eating disorder is whatever isn't healthy for you if your mindset around food and body isn't healthy for you, then it's an eating disorder. Don't, don't look, don't listen to podcasts. Don't look to MD. Don't even listen to your doctor. They don't, they don't know who you are. Like, you know who you are.
0: Oh, Amanda. Yes. So friggin' good. Seriously. It's because you can have, you can be getting the perfect amount of calories exactly for your body. But if you're obsessed with doing that, if you're obsessed, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's the problem. I mean, yes, there's the, you know, the excessive over under eating, but the problem lies in the obsession and knowing that you're doing weird shit with your food and it's not healthy for you body or mind mm-hmm. your, or soul <laughs> or any of it. Yeah. And it totally
1: zaps you. I mean, I had a little tidbit about me. I grew up as a concert pianist. Mm-hmm. I've been playing the piano since I was three or four and took lessons and stuff and did concerts and, and recitals. And whenever I started recovery, I was like, Oh yeah, I, I, play the piano. Like I hadn't played in so long because I had no time to know who I was or work on my hobbies or get my hands dirty. Like I was talking at the beginning, like the things that I loved, I just neglected. This became my
0: life's purpose. Yeah. So now you are playing and finding joy Mm -hmm. in things. Are you playing piano again? Yeah.
1: Actually one of my Well, my only gift to myself whenever I started recovery and I got my body back on track and everything, Harrison and I went to the Steinway store in Austin and I got myself a Steinway piano Wow! and it is in my house and I get to play anytime I want. And it's something that I picked out and this is like my gift to myself to always come back to who I am. Not what anybody else says I am or what anybody else thinks I should be. I love playing the piano. I love a lot of other things. And it's about coming back to like my home, you know, my my heart. Yeah. Just a reminder. That was that was my gift. So yeah, I am playing and and loving it. And it's just a hobby now. I don't take it super seriously.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> Yeah, I love. Oh, I love that so much. I I think having a hobby is so important. And I I neglected that for so long. I think because I was just like, no, I'm working. I have to work. I have to do business stuff. I can only listen to business podcasts or or you know read business books, and I can't do fiction. And like, it was like this. Like, I'm not allowing myself to have fun because mm-hmm. there will be time for fun later. And then I was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What I love the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> why? Who, who the hell decided that that was a good idea? What? Where in my brain was I? Like, yeah, like, let's just wait. Like, it's like waiting until you're retired to travel. And right? you know, it's like, no, like, I don't yes. do that. And I don't do that. I travel and when there's somewhere I want to go. I'm going yes. now. So why would I not do that with like joy and having fun or a hobby that I don't have to flip and monetize for once? You know.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and I just feel like we are all, I say this all the time, we are taller toddlers is all we are. We're just a bunch of toddlers running around. Mm-hmm. We're just a bunch of kids. Yeah. Like we need we need play. We need fun. We need the things that make us feel like kids again. Like when did we when did we stop doing that, those those things? We need to go back to that, you know?
0: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm I'm personally getting better at it. I'm doing. <laughs> we're getting better. So what would you say to the girl who's out there struggling? And maybe she's in a similar spot than you were. Maybe she's struggling with one or all three eating disorders. What would you say to her?
1: So much that I want to say to her. Yeah. You are perfect right now in this very moment. And it doesn't matter if you are emaciated or it doesn't matter what your body looks like. I'm talking about your heart. It's perfect. It's perfect. And, and your body is too. And your soul is perfect. And there's not anything that you need to change. And what I would say in addition to that is recovery happens on the inside and doing the emotional work and releasing the stories that aren't yours and doing the work and trauma recovery and stuff like that will will set you free. And and you get to choose that whenever you're ready, but but only when you're ready and and go at your own timeline because that's really all that matters. That's beautiful.
0: Mm. Thank you for that. So we like to end things on a quote. Is mm. there a, a quote that you have, like maybe you live by it or maybe it's just something that's been speaking to you a lot lately.
1: The The one that comes to mind is, Harrison actually said this to me, the day that I started recovery, whenever I looked at him and I said, I am so scared. I am so scared, so scared to eat, so scared to do any of this. And he looked me dead in the face and he said, then do it scared. Oh. <laughs> and that was my entire motto through my whole recovery. And that's still what I go back to because I'm still scared. Yeah, I have, I have different fears now. It's not about food and body anymore, but I still have fears and I still have to tell myself, like, Amanda, we're doing it scared. I
0: love that. Yeah. What, and what an amazing human he is. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Like, so yeah. supportive and just like, I love that. And I love that he's getting this version of you now, you know, this really healthy, just soul-driven, beautiful version of you. and I think that's incredible. Thank you so much. That makes my heart just beam. (laughs) I love it. So where can my listeners find you? So I have a podcast called Hungry Heart.
1: Mm. And I'm also on Instagram. My name is Amanda S. Ownby, O-W-N-B-E-Y. And I'm also on Facebook, just under that same name, Amanda Ownby. And yeah, shoot me a DM or something. I, I love hearing from people. So okay yeah.
0: yeah. We will get all of your info in the show notes too, but thank you so much for taking the time for all of us today. It was so beautiful to have you here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the self-love breakfast club. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and tag us in your Instagram stories. See you next time.